for the week of February 7th, 2021. This is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into every Star Wars TV and Disney Plus streaming series, as well as all the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. Today, we continue our Clone Wars and Rebels rewatch by discussing Season 1, Episode 14 of The Clone Wars and Season 1, Episode 13 of Rebels. Starting with The Clone Wars, Defenders of Peace, and in it, after Anakin is severely injured from crash landing on the remote planet of Meridun, our heroes sought the medical assistance from the peaceful Lerman who have taken the isolationist approach to war. John, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I thought it presented some interesting ideas because it, it seemed like the easy sort of episode would be, oh, these pacifists stuck to their guns and everything worked out really, really great for them. But they show that things get kind of messy in war. And I think that that's kind of a thought provoking thing for, for children's fair. So uh, yeah, there was, there was some fun themes developed in this episode for sure. Well, and they really set the stage with this overall episode. So perfectly with the Jedi fortune cookie, which is when surrounded by war, one must eventually choose a side. And this is of course, speaking to this kind of peaceful Lerman that took the approach that, oh, we're not going to get involved. We came to this planet so that we would avoid all this stuff and we'll be fine. And then it, they just start getting overwhelmed by all of these things, um, starting with the droid ship kind of coming in. And we have uh, George Takei, who kind of is voicing this character. And it's so perfect because it's just like this very... Uh, it's very clearly him. He's not trying to do a bit. He's not trying to, right. to, to mimic anyone. He's just basically, okay, I'm going to do this thing. And I'm basically going to try to use my words carefully to where it doesn't sound like I'm kind of, I'm kind of pulling a Hitler, but I'm also really letting the message be known that we are taking over this planet. Right. Yeah. George Takai, he, um, he plays vain very well. Like, I, I don't think he's a particularly vain person, but I think he, he likes to kind of play up that because it's just there's something about how regal his voice is that that just suits that uh so he he inhabited this character very well i did i did like his voice performance a lot and uh yeah a sufficiently slimy kind of general here that we're more than happy to see not get the promotion that he he so desires so yeah that that's some fitting casting we've talked in the past particularly with mandalorian and how some of the casting that went on with the animated fair uh, ends up playing out very nicely down the road because they they shoot high with their casting. They don't get no names. They get, you know, people with some gravitas. And I don't think that they were ever expecting they were going to cast George Takai in live action, but mm -hmm. they still wanted a character that uh, just really felt like it could bring something special. And um, yeah, I, I thought he did good with that. Absolutely. And of course, we have this uh, this approach from the Lerman. And there's a quote that really just kind of, it punched me in the face at first because it caught me off guard where you have the Lerman leader who basically says, oh, uh, we'd rather die than to kill others. But right. last I counted, there were only two living separatists on this planet. The rest of them were kind of droids. So I feel like that there's, you know, maybe they uh, could could think through killing the droids without actually sure. killing the other uh, actual living life forms here. But um, obviously the message was clear of this entire episode. Right. Well, it's not a 
rational statement. It's an ideological statement. He's, mm-hmm. he's basically saying, look, I've planted my feet. You're not going to move me from this stand that I've taken. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter if there's one baddie or a million baddies. We've decided we're going to hold to our ideals and, and you can't change it. And, you know, as noble as that sentiment is, the, the episode certainly, certainly challenges that idea, uh, in a few ways, um, in some novel ways too. I, I enjoyed the idea that the, uh, separatists are more than happy to basically use an indigenous population as fodder to test weapons. Like it's a very villainous thing. So it helped paint the separatists as the bad guys and the, uh, Republic as the good guys, even though to the Lerman, seemingly they're just two sides of the same coin. For the audience, it makes it very clear that there is a right side to this battle. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that as the audience, we say, well, no, it's very obvious who they should side with. It's not as obvious to the Lerman. And that, again, is just kind of a, a thought-provoking idea of where ideals kind of clash with the reality of of what it would take for self-preservation or just looking at a situation for what it is and, and uh, deciding what's moral, what isn't. Um, very, very interesting things that, that that they're presenting. And again, like we mentioned last week, not the clearest of answers because there's there's something noble kind of about everyone's viewpoint on this, except of course the separatists. They are the villains in this case. But you could almost see the show wanting to make either point that right. sticking to your ideals and being uh, a, a pacifist, you know, there's something very righteous in that. But there's also something righteous in uh, being concerned with your community and their protection and being willing to take up arms for that. So it's a uh, yeah a, a situation with no easy answers. Yeah, and this it's very, very um, explicit here. I mean, uh, Takei's character it came to this village, like you said, to test out this new weapon that destroys all living things and mm-hmm. would seemingly unaffect the droids. And so this is why they cho- chose this village. Uh, it would be the path of least resistance for them. However, they weren't expecting that a Jedi ship had crashed up <laughs> right. the road, and this kind of destroys all their plans here. Yeah, sometimes the, the Force... Uh, allows for some very convenient timing well the force does as the force <laughs> wills right and yeah. so this kind of leads to a couple of cool um action sequences where the jedi are taking on this very stealthy approach to break into the base to try to sabotage and steal a ship and get back to the lerman village before this weapon is fully tested on them mm-hmm. ever since that episode of mandalorian season two where we see ahsoka do her little stealth thing um just real fun to see it here as well where they're just kind of sneaking around because this is um, a skill that we haven't really seen the uh the jedi use all too much when they're trying to be Mm -hmm. sneaky typically they just get uh they just get caught like in episode three when they're trying to sneak around but Mm -hmm. they got through all of that and then finally the lerman go against their leader their leader is very much he is he's not moving he is he's sticking to his guns um, but his people finally decide, like, you know what? No, we are going to fight against these separatists because now it's it's everyone's well-being here. And I like how they played it in that this wasn't the Jedi's fault. Uh, whenever the episode started, I figured, oh, they followed the Jedi here. Right. Right. And that's they make it very clear that they just they discovered this place on their own. Um, and that's why they are in this location. Right. They they wanted to frame it. That's kind of what I was trying to say a little uh, unelegantly uh, earlier is that they're making it very clear that there's good guys and bad guys that the Lerman should be looking at mm-hmm. so that when 
even the leader's son, you know, starts questioning uh, their pacifist stand and uh, how obstinate the, the father's being. You don't want that conflict and that situation to get muddied by, well, you know, maybe it isn't such a cut and dry situation. Like you want it to be cut and dry so that the issue at hand is, you know, pacifism versus taking up arms and, and nothing but that. Um, so yes, when it comes right down to it, uh, even the son is not as stalwart as his dad and recognizes that there's, um, at first room to at the very least observe the situation. So if things get out of hand, they can pivot if need be. And then obviously when it comes right down to it and, it's a matter of letting one man decide whether the whole <laughs> uh, colony is going to live or die. The people decide for themselves. So um, I think the the episode's very clear about how it feels uh, about sort of like uh, self governance versus some sort of autocratic, you know, leadership. Like just because you have your colony's leader, uh, that doesn't mean that you've ceded your ability to live or die to him. So there's again. The more you want to think about it, there's there's big ideas about the nature of politics and and self governance, and there's just a whole lot of stuff at play here. But when it really comes down to it, the the message that I think the show itself was going for is just at a certain point you got to take a side, and that's why mm-hmm. the fortune cookie is what the fortune cookie is. And uh, obviously they do, and some fun whiz bang action happens. And uh, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, they they win the day. Yeah, and this yeah. is something to where the kind of wrap up of this overall episode, you still have the father who he acknowledges the heroism from the Jedi and from the Republic, and he's like, "Yep, right. we took the right side," but he's still wondering at what cost is this yeah. going to end? And this is kind of like that little Easter egg where uh, maybe uh, Felonian Company is kind of writing in like now these this isolationist uh, village has been exposed, and we know that during the imperial rule that comes not too far down the line doesn't uh, doesn't take those type of planets into uh, they don't necessarily take their isolationistic approach into consideration they just mm. go and imperialize so something that I thought a little extra on but <laughs> other than that should we transition to rebels yeah like we we don't want to beat a dead horse here like the theme is very obvious I think you know, we even said a lot last week about where we knew the storyline was going on this one. So, yeah, I think I've said my piece on I don't have a whole lot more to to offer, but uh, Rebels is, is definitely heating up. So there's some juicy stuff there. So let's dive into Rebels Season 1, Episode 13, Call to Action. The crew of the Ghost plan to expose the Imperial actions on Lothal by sending a message to surrounding systems by taking over an Imperial Tower. But John, what did you think of this episode? I really enjoyed it. And uh, just to kind of give the audience some insight on on how the sausage is made here. Um, when we do these little off-season episodes, sometimes we record a few at a time just to make it easier to plan out our, our recording session, our release schedule. So at this point, we've watched ahead till the end of the season. And this kind of is the the line in the sand where... Uh, they begin the arc that is going to culminate with the season finale of Rebels. And I really like where it's going. I like that we get uh, an appearance of Moff Tarkin and not in some impotent role, but he's the one that kind of levels up the the game. He's the one that recognizes the rebel threat is real and that when cells begin to metastasize into a legitimate unified rebellion, that's mm-hmm. when the Empire needs to really clamp down and just put their boot on it before it gets out of hand and so you feel like the stakes have raised and that things are getting serious for our little band of misfits and uh it just feels really good i just really like the trajectory of where this show's going 
And I mean, this just portrayal of Tarkin, this is something that fans have been wanting forever. Ever since he was in the very first uh, movie of Star Wars, everyone's mm-hmm. like, okay, who is this Moff Tarkin guy that, that Vader kind of seems seems careful. He's not trying to walk on right. Tarkin's toes all the time, right? Yeah. And this is something that we get to see that exploration in, of course, Rogue One. But before that, we get the exploration here in Rebels. And it's very... <laughs> It's so great. The performance, the animation, the way that uh, the way he even turns his head is the same exact way that mm-hmm. that the actor does it, of course, in A New Hope. And it's so amazing to see this and just this kind of he's always composed, but he's always fearful at the same time. Like he's one of these characters that especially in this episode, when he starts recalling Order 66 to um, uh, in reference to the resurgence in all of Lothal security, he's like, hey, take it. Don't don't take it out on us. They had a Jedi. And he's like, well, I, I knew some Jedi and they are yeah. no longer around. <laughs> yeah, the, there's nothing um, mythical or overwhelming in his mind. He's seen the, the Jedi get decimated. So, um, you know, that that doesn't put him off of his cause at all. Um, yeah, really good use of the Moth. And in a similar way to how the show took a lot of care in crafting a storyline that suited Lando, the same thing is true here, where they're really doing justice to the character. They're, they're, he's not just window dressing. One of the, the big things that I always felt was a little dissatisfying about the prequel movies is that when they were being made, I remember hearing people were being cast as characters that we knew like Mon Mothma or Bail Organa or whatever. And so you think, oh, you know what? There's a, there's a, a meaty story there and we're going to really get to spend some time with these characters. And then they turn out to be kind of just glorified cameos or, or in the background or just having some very like bland expository scenes. And so you don't feel like you really get to know the character. But the nice thing about TV is that they can take the time to really let you just sort of swim in in the in the world a little bit more it's it's not so fleeting and you, you really get to enjoy these characters at their best and that's what we're getting in this arc you know it starts here but it certainly doesn't end here uh with what the moth has planned and i like also that they present them off as competent like he he sees a double cross coming or he sees like where the rebels tactics are really kind of flimsy the local imperials can't really figure it out like the, the the rebels can stay one step ahead of them but tarkin's a little more clever and so he's able to be a, one step ahead and have things lined up and play a little bit of 3d chess there uh which is just more compelling to watch and it just makes for a better villain so they're really um uh, framing the next few episodes in a, in a great way by bringing him in when they did and uh obviously this this story sets the stage for some uh some real stakes by the end of it mm-hmm. and of course like you said those real stakes are so well thought out in rebels mm-hmm. and it's not to say that clone wars isn't thought out but we discussed that last week how clone wars is kind of this is the uh the mission of the week and there's a way to chronologically mm-hmm. watch all of them so that the story has a little more um uh you know transparency and you know where it's going but right. the, what they did with rebels is obviously the completely different approach and they really set it up like you know, primetime television shows where it's like, we're going to introduce this episode and then fulfill the story arc later on and kind of add in everything else from the, from the rest of the season. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, we start seeing Ezra thinking of plans that he was doing when he was, you know, hit this little loth rat on Lothal and stealing things just to survive. And he's using those type of 
traits to assist the rebellion and really an establishing moment for Ezra for the rest of the series that it's just like the rebel is this kind of band of misfits where everyone had their own niche before they got involved and now they get to use those skills to better the galaxy and so it was just fun to see that fun to see Ezra kind of coming into his own and figuring out like you know what I do have the force but I'm not I'm not just going to use the force all the time to get get my way I'm going to use some things I learned on the streets yeah yeah he's formulating plans he's he's got more of a calling now like he wants to be more proactive in getting the message out and you just see the passion starting to build in him and it's nice it's nice that they're making a very clear distinction between the would-be organization that is going to embrace humanity and individuality and passion and then of course the empire where you know even if you're just not great at catching jedi you could lose your head um because there's just there's there's no room <laughs> for anything other than towing the line you know this is the contrast being drawn and of course Ezra's the the perfect character to really underscore that because again with good tv especially serialized tv like this where you get to spend time with characters and they're allowed to grow and and you know there there's a clear trajectory for their character you get to make that point. You know, you, you really get to see where their passions lie and where their place is in the universe. And as they're starting to figure that out, you as the audience member gain a lot of satisfaction in figuring it out with them. So as we start to get into the, the tail end of this season, it's just been proving to be a really, really satisfying ride. And I think that's because they're taking the prestige TV approach of breaking the entire season so that you have a cohesive storyline where you don't have to get sort of sidetracked with mundane stuff. You know, they they can just get right into the story and just unfold it competently. And I don't I don't know. I just I'm really, really digging this show. And it's uh it's making me kick myself for having such a casual view of it the first time it was on TV. Like I would mm-hmm. pick up an episode here, an episode there, and follow the basic storyline through the seasons. But uh, I never I never gave it its due and really gave it the focus it deserved week to week to to really get the competency of the storytelling. And that's, that's what's on full display here as we get into the end game. And we of course have the crew, the ghost doing, you know, the crew, the ghost stuff. And this Mm -hmm. leads us to really for the first time, see these sinister actions from Tarkin. I mean, and this is on a cartoon that was, that was premiering on Disney XD. (laughs) And we have Tarkin who is, you know, executing soldiers that are failing to capture this, this small band of rebels. And it's just so, it's so sinister and of course it is because this is the same guy who uh you know blows up uh um alderaan just to prove a point to uh to princess leia and and it's really uh we get to explore that and really see how how he's going to affect the different bands of rebels that are spread across the galaxy and this is kind of his his launching point to Mm -hmm. to really do that and to come into conflict (laughs) with a jedi for the first time um, of course, since he was um, a Republic general. Right. Yeah. No, he's found his true calling. <laughs> he he was someone that was just really born to be part of the Empire. And it's so nice watching these episodes, knowing that eventually he's going to get blowed up because, you know, he, he's someone that he, he proves every time he's on screen why he he just needs to needs to go. And uh, yeah, I just he's a he's a great villain to bring in. And I mean, kind of going back to this defining moment of Ezra, and the reason I want to focus and I mm. talk so much on this is because we who have watched Rebels knows how this goes for everyone. And uh, this is a defining moment where Ezra is 
he has he's starting to come to terms that he won't see his parents again. I mean, after last mm. episode where he was so deceived by even his own force vision um, that he uh, is starting to kind of be like, OK, you know what? Maybe uh, if, if a guy, if a fake like this can exist, you know, maybe my parents are gone, but at least I have this new family. And this is kind of his, you know, driving force in a lot of ways where he's like, OK, I can't lose this family now, this new family I have. Mm-hmm. I can't lose it. Um, and Hera is one who she's just so far more mature in where the galaxy is. And she she understands kind of the the lifeline of the galaxy where she just says, you know, when the time comes, we're going to have to sacrifice a lot. And uh, we may have to uh, to let each other go when the time comes down to it. And this, of course, sets the stage for Kanan sacrificing himself to save the crew um, as they're going to this uh, to this tower for the signal, and then of course the Grand Inquisitor, the one and only Grand Inquisitor, shows up and once again gives Kanan a run for his money. Yeah. So to the the point about Ezra and his calling and where he's at emotionally and where he's at with kind of coming to terms with his his parents and all that, it's really cool that they let him give the broadcast because it lets him lay out sort of a thesis statement for how he views the world and, and what he would consider to be a successful life course for himself. Like he's really just, he's laying out his manifesto and, and what would fulfill him. And so you see that he really is, again, he's building that passion for the, the cause of trying to get this, you know, jackboot empire off, off of uh, not just Lothal, but you know, off of free minded people across the galaxy. So uh, a very nice moment to, really just underscore where he's at and to have him be able to spell it out in a way that doesn't feel expositiony, but you know, it kind of is. And then, yeah, of course we need some sort of star Wars, y way to uh, not just bring this episode to a head, but to create a nice cliffhanger so that it's sort of like out of the frying pan into the fire for our heroes, which is kind of how it always goes for them. Uh, it, it seems like you think that you've pulled something off and you're going to get away scot-free, but then there's a little wrinkle in the plan. And now you have a new cause. You have to go back and fix whatever, you know, didn't go right the first time around. That's what we get with this. They think they've got the, the broadcast tower under their control. Well, no, Tarkin knows he can just blow it up. You know, he, 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 he can do the calculation and know that there's a bigger cause. And then of, of course, you know, Kanan uh, getting captured means that, there's nothing our crew's going to be able to do until they rally for their boy. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's how loyal freedom minded people act. They're, they're not cold hearted and calculated. Uh, if they lose their humanity in the process, they haven't won. And so of course we know that, you know, this is, this is going to be what we're going to be exploring in the next few episodes. And it was a fun showdown. It's really nice to see Kanan be very quick to to be the hero and be brave and just put himself on the other side of the blast door for his friends like it's just it's it's very heartwarming to watch heroes that are heroes and villains that are villains and have have these clear distinctions because so much of what we get in in modern entertainment has a lot of gray area and anti-heroes and stuff that is compelling in its own right but sometimes you just you want your heroes to be heroes and mm-hmm. Kanan's a hero and so it's always fun to see him pull out the lightsaber and just be ready to be a, a a wall, an unmovable object for his friends, even if it means he's going to get captured. Yeah. And then also his connection with Hera here. I mean, the love of his sure, life, who, yeah. who also understands what they're getting into and the kind of sure. the bigger picture where she's just like, you know what? We got to get out of here. I have to save the rest of these guys. Um, we can figure out the rest as we go. And of right. course, this is the cliffhanger and <laughs> we get kind of this 
this accumulation of episodes coming forward that are going to be the finale of such a wonderful season one. So I hope that our listeners join us for that. But other than that, John, what are your closing thoughts and where can the people find you? My closing thought is uh, as much as I enjoy the Clone Wars, and this is, I think, going to be my running theme, you know, for quite a while until the Clone Wars gets into like season three when it, you know, really gets crazy is that i enjoy just sort of the one-off adventures or, or the the different arcs of the clone wars i love the world building there's a lot to enjoy there but rebels has just really enraptured me this is the one that i'm i'm champing at the bit to watch the next episode and uh i just i love that this is the kind of quality fare that lucasfilm puts out and i love that we are barreling towards a finale that uh, i know is not going to disappoint so mm-hmm. uh rebels rebels is continuing to just be my my go-to and uh i think it won the week again absolutely such a great show and while our listeners are waiting for us to come back next week where can they find (laughs) more of you sure Uh, if anyone enjoys the way i break down television i talk snl on my other podcast saturday night live after party which you can find on youtube by searching for snl after party or in any of your podcast apps of choice or at snlpodcast.com we cover all new SNL. SNL is on a three episode run right now. So we are going to have a new episode uh, coming out this weekend and uh, we would love it for you guys to check us out. And you can keep up with this show throughout the week on Twitter at Star Wars TV talk and by emailing us at hello at Star Wars TV You can find the rest of our episodes on our website at Star Wars TV and by searching for Star Wars TV talk wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You can find the TV talk network at TV talk.fm. Thank you so much for listening, and may the Force be with you, always.